Labor shortage is one of the biggest problems facing our industry. I talk to so many manufacturers who are not struggling with sales, but struggling with the ability for people to actually install and use their product. And I want you to imagine for a moment, what would you do if it got even worse? What would you do if labor shortage got to a point where it's even worse than it is right now? Be stuck, right? A lot of manufacturers wouldn't know what to do. But on today's show, we bring on a manufacturer installer who is solving that very problem and who is growing sales exponentially because of it. It's a great show that will inspire you to think about how you can innovatively solve the problems facing our market. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, joined by my co-host, Beth Popniklov. We've got a really exciting show lined up for you today. We are really excited to welcome Jay Small. He is the president of Precision Building Systems. They've got a lot of really cool things, but Jay, don't let me tell everybody for you. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell our listeners a bit about your business and some of the exciting things you guys have going on? Awesome. Thanks, Beth. Obviously, you know, my name is Jay Small. I'm the president of Precision Building Systems here in Denver. We are a uh, manufacturer of building components for wall panels, roof trusses, we do floor systems, but we're also a turnkey installer. So not only do we manufacture, but we install as well. And We started out that business that way, and over the last few years, we've added additional trade businesses to our portfolio. Again, everything turnkey. So what we're doing now is, besides the framing, uh, you can kind of do your own uh, kind of math in your head as far as what you know, what that means, but uh, we start with foundations. So we bought a concrete company. So we do uh, foundations and flat work. Then we do the framing. So then we uh, started a a roofing business and a siding business. So we wrapped the exterior. Then we decided we better get in the window business as well. So we have a window business too. So we'll install the windows. So ultimately we will provide a a wrapped shell that is is complete. And uh, our goal is to be able to turn the framing, siding, roofing, and all that around and in less than seven days. Whoa. So, yeah, so right now we're averaging about six days per house uh, on the framing side. And then as soon as that's done, we're you know putting the house wrap on and popping those windows in and then putting the siding on and working on. I have a million questions for you. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> okay, just let me, take, let me take a step back. Do you consider yourself a manufacturer or do you consider yourself a builder? Both. You're both, okay. And, and, and probably not a builder, Zach, you know, because we're, we're just, we're still a, a subcontractor, right? Or a trade partner for a builder in that, you know, we, we just provide more and, and kind of our hook is that we can provide more and that, you know, for a builder, you can give us a call and we can, you know, solve a lot of things for you. You know, you, you give you an example, you know, there's, there's about 53 trade activities on a typical single family home. And right now we're doing 11 of them. And, and they're all pretty much in sequence too, right? Which really helps the builder say, okay, I can turn this excavated lot over to you and you can put a foundation in and that house will be up in you know, seven to 10 days, you know, ready for the mechanical guys to show up. That's, that's our project. That's fascinating. I think, you know, one thing we talk a lot about in the industry is how a lot of manufacturers are trying to get into the service component, or actually the labor component. But you all have built your business around it. How long, can I ask, how long have you been doing this? On the framing side, we started in 2007. Okay. So, and, and it started out as a framing company that built wall panels on site. And we, and we bought trusses. 
And then there was a company called Newman Homes that was mm-hmm. in Chicago. And, and uh, they went out of business here in Denver and they had their own small factory with some equipment. So we bought it and uh, got ourselves into the wall panel roof truss business. So when you look at the industry and how much talk there is around panelization, offsite construction, you know, the modular component of, you know, construction as well, frankly, it sounds like you're very ahead of the game, you know, (laughs) I'd love to know what advice you'd give other manufacturers who are thinking about doing this in some capacity. Like, what have you learned? What mistakes have you made? And then what general recommendations would you give people? Well, let's see what we've learned. No pressure, right? And what advice I would give, I guess the advice I would give is to control the process. Number one, I mean, that could be the answer to a lot of the questions is control the process. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, you control your raw material input and things like that and and your build and and your quality in the factory, et cetera, which kind of goes without saying if you're a manufacturer. But you need to control that on-site process too. And the reason being is, is, you know, if you can solve that, uh, you know, then I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, maybe a, a concrete example. So when we give a bid to a builder customer of ours, it's a turnkey bid, right? There's nothing in there that says, hey, our framer kind of wasted some material. You know, you need to buy some more material. That's on us. If there's theft, which right now there is a ton of theft on sites, that's on us, right? We control it. So uh, the customer can give us a contract for a job, and we deliver that for that agreed upon amount. If we make some changes on a job, yeah, we, we might have some VPOs or whatever, but ultimately that is controlled by us. And you kind of turn over the keys for that, you know, seven to 10 days while we're, you know, getting the foundation completed and the, and the, and the house stood. So, but the control the process, you know, and that the turnkey is such a big deal because we've provided material to others to build and when we don't control the process in the field, we don't control the quality of the field, as well as we don't control the, the time and managing material, right? So that's the way that we can, you know, keep the job on track. So anyway, <laughs> what we've learned is we're not very good when we don't control the process. Uh, I would say that. What's so interesting about what you're doing, Jay, is you've basically taken out the middleman. So with the way most manufacturers offer installation services is they partner with installers and you have removed the middleman and said, no, we are both manufacturer and installer. In some ways you're even being your own general contractor because you don't have multiple people in there. You're even managing that whole process. I don't want to make you give away your secret sauce because I think if I'm a manufacturer listening to this, what I'm hearing is like, well, I wish our business was built around this, but it's, it's just not, you know, and that, that ship has sailed. I'm a, you know, I'm an $800 million manufacturer. I can't start this now. What have you learned from what exactly what you just said? Control the process, control your raw materials, control how things are being installed. What have you learned from that, that if I'm a manufacturer, I could take and apply to my contractor or builder partnerships to improve my installation services? Well, it's, it's, it's a tough one. You, you hit it on the head, really. It's, you know, if, if I'm a manufacturer that's doing that kind of volume in lumber sales and truss sales, and, and it's the first step is sometimes just going to panelization, right? Mm. Because for the most part, most of your, your manufacturers manufacture components that are roof trusses, right? Even the building component manufacturers conference that I would go to each year, 
it really was the Trust Builder Conference. And then, you know, the wall panels is like a small piece of the component. It was really trusses. And then you do lumber, right? And so you provide a loose lumber pack, which is all your studs to build walls, et cetera, and the trusses to the framer to build the house, or you sell it to the builder who has his own labor or her own labor. So the you know, when you when you with what you just said is exactly right. It's it's a lot of risk if I'm that big of an outfit to say now I'm gonna have my own labor force because it's huge, right? To be their, their size, the amount of fur, uh, framers you would have to have, et cetera. So the advice I would give is is if there's a possibility to partner with a builder and their framer or to partner with a, a large framing company, right, that was interested in doing components and wall panels and things like that just because of the turn on the jobs that, that, that you know, they could potentially make more money, that would probably be the way to go because it is a lot of risk because you're, you're going to these framing companies that are big that have been framing houses the traditional way for years saying, hey, we're going to get in the component business and, you know, we want you to do this. Like, Hold on, I, that's not what we do, right? So you get over that hurdle. Then it's like, okay, how can we work together with the builder to make it work for all of us? That's the key, you know, because you, you are, you're crossing that boundary with your customer, right? Because your customer's been buying lumber from you forever. And buying lumber for jobs that you wouldn't be able to probably do components or, or panels on. You have to be able to, you know, walk that line with, the, you know, with your customer. And some people are they're they're being forced to do it. Some are going kicking and screaming, right? Having to do panels and try and find labor. But you got to have that partnership with someone, and you know, because you know, a builder that's been building houses for a long time he usually has a, a framer that they're really comfortable with, and for good reason, right? They, they, they do a good job for you know the builder, and so they are very protective of their framer. So if all of a sudden they want to, hey, I, I want to control our costs. I want to, you know, control the process and and, uh, and go to components and go to wall panels. You get the, sometimes you get the Heisman, right? You get that little, you know, the, the, the hand saying, no, we don't. That's not. We don't want to do that. And so guys will say, well, you know, it never works. The foundations aren't square. Those are all things that keep people from doing. It. But there's a lot of builders out there right now that are saying, I want to make sure. Think about what's happening with lumber prices right now too. They need to know what's going into that house and not one two by four more, right? Or when they drive by a job site and see a dumpster full of wasted material, it's because a guy decided to cut up a 14-footer instead of using a 10-footer. You know, that makes guys skin crawl right now. Yeah. It's costing them material. One thing I'd love to hear your take on is where you see the industry headed. You all were, I think, candidly ahead of the game a bit with you know, panelization and offsite construction. Where do you see things going in the next five to 10 years? And how are you all trying to pivot towards that outside of making every single building product that goes into a home? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think you do see the industry go in that direction. You also see more automations, you know, coming into play with the offsite, right? And it needs to be because the labor just is really hard to find. And right now you've got markets that are just on fire in terms of demand, but the builders sitting there going, I might be able to get this thing built, right? I, I can sell this property and, and you know, I can burn through my assets because I've got so much demand, but if I can't build them, you know, or in some cases, if I've waited too long to get the house started, now I'm paying lumber prices today that I, I didn't sell the house at those lumber prices, you know, six months ago, I'm in trouble. So Automation is coming into play in the component business. So I'll give you an example of, you know, the building component manufacturers conference. I'll reference that because that's kind of the only real thing we, that we have in, in this mm-hmm. industry that's 
trade related, you know, or, or that, that's, that supports the group. Three or four years ago, you'd go to the annual conference and you'd walk around, you'd see, you know, maybe a, a new saw, some other products. Well, two years ago, there was robotic arms doing things. And you're walking around going, holy cow, look at that, you know? And then you go and check it out and it's building, it's moving material, it's nailing off walls, there's all this stuff. And you're sitting there going, man, that robot doesn't call in sick, you know, that uh, robot doesn't get COVID, you know, the, you don't have the turnover, right? Those, the robots can work two shifts and no problem. And so you start talking to these guys in these booths that have the product and they're saying, yeah, you know, this is interesting, but most of these guys had been in the auto industry that are, have these robots and they're looking at me like, dude, this has been around for 30 years. <laughs> this is not that impressive. I mean, I'm just like going, wow, this is awesome. And they're just like, yeah, it's, it's okay. <laughs> you know, because we're only touching the surface of it. But where that goes is, is you know, we'll be able to get labor in the field as well as in the factory. The ability to use automation is coming. So that's, that's one thing I'm seeing. And then there is the trend that's just, it's grown. Since I've been with a, this organization since 2013, I've seen four or five companies just here in Denver that have started to build wall panels. And again, some of them have gone kicking and screaming into it, right? But their customers are saying, we want this to happen. So again, it goes back to labor. My guys in this facility, guys and girls that work here, will start at five in the morning and work till about one in the morning. And we run two shifts. And you're not building houses, you know, any time of year when it's dark out. Yeah, we are, right? And so it allows you to line these up and get these houses really launched, right? Wall panels are all done, fit in place. We can build floor systems. And so the framer, instead of taking, you know, 10, 11, 12 days traditional stick frame in a house can, you know, get it down to where we're averaging five to six days. And that's money. Yeah. That's, that's extra money for the builder. Absolutely. You know? Yep. And for the and for the end homeowner, hopefully. Well, and you know what? For the framer. So if you think mm-hmm. about it, you know, the, the framer is building more homes, right? There's more paydays. So the frame crews have the chance because of what the, the volume that they're turning to make more money, you know, doing homes that are panelized and with components than they do traditional stick frame. Crew sizes are smaller. Remember we have less labor. So they can they can work, they can build these houses with three and four man crews. So yeah. Totally fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So you have the external, you have the frame of the house down to house wrap, down to windows installed. You have that set. Is there a model that you could see that would have the next 14 days of labor shaved down to seven days where you can get the electrical, the plumbing, the even like then move on to finishings? Obviously, there's modular that exists for the inside. I know that that there is, but is there like a next step model that you can see that would replicate what you do just from an internal perspective? Yeah, you know, it's an old one now, but DeVosta Homes down in Florida mm-hmm. was, they had, their their model was amazing, right? They would drop the pod right there on the, on the curb and you had everything all pre-cut, right? And so that's kind of the next phase is if, if you're able to pre-cut all your, all your wires, you got, you got all, all the package and the distributors are doing this by the way now, not necessarily pre-cutting the wires, but they're providing house packs that already have the counts and the boxes. And so, you know, an electrician could have their entire pack, you know, for that house. But DeVosta is the one that did it years ago and really good at it, by the way. And when Pulte bought DeVosta, I was in a different business, doing business with Pulte at the time. And one of the guys said to me, he says, whatever you do, do not touch that DeVosta business. I know you're doing business with them now. Don't change it because they had such a great model. 
Mm-hmm. So that's that's one example. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So more than anything, it's, you know, when you start looking at those other, you know, like you said, taking those mechanicals down to a controlled number of days, taking days out of the schedule, that's a big one. Drywall is a big one. You know, when you, when you think about the amount of days it takes, you get the house stocked, you hang all that rock, and then you have to, you know, get inspections done, maybe a screw inspection, but then also you you start taping and mudding, and, and if a crew doesn't show up, that house is sitting, right? And so it's, it's kind of a critical path activity, like just like framing is. No one else can be working on a house while you're framing. No one else can be working on a house when you're pouring the foundation, right? There's certain trades that stop the house, and drywall is one of them. And drywall is a kind of a time burner if you're not rolling through that house and getting the work done. So that's a big one. Uh, but on the mechanical side, what you just mentioned, you know, we're, we're going to we're build some floor systems now. So we should be putting all those drain lines in the floor when we're building it. So when it goes out, it's easier to connect, right? We can pre-drill all the studs in those walls, by the way, so all the wiring can be run through pre-drilled studs. Mm. So when we're building wall components, we can do that. That helps you know, run your wiring. There's a lot of different things you can do there. We're looking at the system called RIA. They're out of Arizona. They just came in last, last week for a couple of days, and we built them a floor system and some walls. And it's a different type of HVAC system that actually a plumber could install or someone that it's like plumbing type of components versus running uh, metal ductwork, right? Like you don't normally have a tinner do. And it looks like it'll be more energy efficient. So those are the things, other things we're working on. Last thing I'll tell you on that, Beth, is you mentioned modular. And so we've decided to, to throw our hat in the ring and try a little bit of modular construction. So we took part of our facility, which we didn't have the space, and it's not a very good space in order to try this, but we set up a modular line and we built our first house and I got the commitment from everyone that we would not take it to the field. I wanted to make sure that we could set on a foundation and not hurt someone. So we actually poured a foundation here at our facility and we actually, it's a two-story house. We built the first floor. So the first floor, by the way, has no ceiling. Okay. You got, you got the floor, it's got all the plumbing in it, you got the walls, you got the cabinets in. So we take the first floor out, set it on the foundation. The second floor has the first floor ceiling in it. So imagine you lay down the ceiling. So it's like the floor rock. and the ceiling is one modular piece. And so you, you, have to, you have to have the ceiling for the first floor. So it's designed so that when it comes together, it fits perfectly on top. All the lights are in, everything's already there. And it's all pre-wired. So all that mechanical is in the floor. Then we stand the walls on the second floor. Then we built the roof on a separate table. So now the roof has the third, second floor ceiling in the roof, right? We lift that up. It's all insulated. Lights are all in and settle on top of the second floor. So now we have a first floor with no ceiling, a second floor that's got the first floor ceiling plus, you know, the roof on it. And so we brought the second floor out and settled on top of it. And we have a two-story house that we built and it didn't fall off the crane or anything like that. Nobody got hurt. And we have a house that's standing in our parking lot now for kind of display purposes. Where do I see this? Wait, where is First this? First of all, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I'd, we just need to take a pause for anybody listening of like, how do we test the market for our new product? I know we'll just build a two-story house just to see if it works. Yeah. This is it. That's incredible. So like, have you walked the stairs in it? Has anybody slept overnight in it? Are you having meetings in that house now? Like what's happening? Has OSHA been in there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, actually, I have to give a big nod to our sister company, which is Clayton Homes. So Clayton is the largest mobile and modular manufacturer in the U.S. And they are the most amazing group of people. And when I say that, I love them because they'll come here and there's nothing they don't think they can do. 
And so here we are in a facility, right, that has no business building a modular home, even to the point, guys, where we had to, we've got this like pit off the end of the building that was used for servicing trucks, right? So you could back a trailer into that spot. So we backed the carrier into there. We built the home on the carrier in that slot because that was the only place we could get it out of the building. Hmm. Then we start to do all the math and it's like, well, we actually can't get this out of the building because when it's the roof line, it's too tall. So we had to take out and cut out a bunch of concrete and put in a new door that would get us to 20 feet so we could get it out of the building. And it barely clears the door, by the way. But it's, you know, it, when, it, when it, the door's all the way up and, and we roll that carrier out, that second floor with a roof on it, there's not much daylight between that and the, and the door, but we got it done. So anyway, the, the Clayton guys were just amazing because they came in and, and took us through the process. Because we would have just taken wall panels and we'd roll the floor. and I mean, it would have taken us a month to build this thing they came in and said well you know well, this has got to be done like in 20 minutes this section we're like what you know but when you do all the pre-work and you do all the things you do in a modular or again off-site really well-run facility all that stuff is in play right and we learned from that and it was it was cool that is so cool yeah so i, I did a video of it i had a, a company come in and do a time-lapse video which is really fun that's some good music in the background it shows the process so roll the first floor and and then put the second floor on and and I I don't know if I can share with you yet we'll see you know we're we're in these prototype stage Jay that's so cool but going back to your original question Beth in terms of getting into these other businesses right or these other trade activities first of all I was looking at the ones that took time like you had mentioned you know all all about cycle time and how we reduce cycle time you know, you know for our builder customer. And so there's certain things, okay, this one's a critical path, this one is, and this one is, there's other things we're doing going at the same time. You can just get better at that, and maybe you don't have to get in it. Well, when you get in the modular business, guess what? You're in them all now. You're in all those businesses, right? So you have to solve the plumbing, the electrical, the mechanical, yep, yep. because no one's doing it for you. As well as in order to be competitive, you have to be able to do all those things. Well, the good news is it's designed so that, I don't want to say anyone can do it. Guys are taught, trained to do it. But the state does their inspections as we're going along, and then they basically label and stamp this as a, an approved building before we take it to the, to the site on, you know, to put it on the foundation. So all that's all that's done third party, you know, with the state, and then we actually have a third party inspection agency doing it. We've struggled a little bit on the permitting side because of municipalities and state, you know, and it's mainly on us just learning our way around it. But this will allow us to, you know, kind of dip our feet in the water in regards to the mechanical trades, as well as the others. It's, it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Jay, can't thank you enough for coming on the show. If someone wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to reach out? It's probably, you know, via my cell phone or, or, or email, you know, and, and we're really proud of what we're doing. And, you know, we love to give, like I said, I was just giving a tour to a county commissioner just now, and we love to show it off. And it's, it's just going to get better. The collaboration with Clayton is is just unbelievable. You know, we're so lucky to have that group, you know, as, as part of our group. And so that, that that's really been fantastic. So Perfect. You know, we'll make sure we link to that in the show notes. Jay, thank you so much for coming on the show again. And for our listeners, if you like this content, make sure you go to venvio.com slash podcast to subscribe. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Popniklov. Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm.